Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Carolina Panthers Sports Illustrated beat writer, Skylar Callahan, and the Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. You can catch us every week in season. Uh, you can catch the video on uh, the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Of course, you can catch the audio over on Believe Podcast Networks, uh, from which we are powered by. Uh, you can participate in the show like some of our uh, our fans are doing right now. Edward Moore checking in, as is Jamie Revis. Uh, good to see you guys. Uh, some familiar faces from last season that found us. Uh, definitely spread the word about the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast and uh, tell your fellow Panther fans about us. Uh, we're here each week to give you the lowdown previews and reviews on the games anything else going on around the world nfl and of course everything going on with the panthers panthers on the eve of training camp down in spartanburg south carolina good old wofford college skyler's been down there uh today he'll give us a uh a heads up on what he saw during uh what's what's the official arrival day i guess is what it's called today report day report day yeah so we'll uh we'll get some uh insight on that first practice is tomorrow morning so scholar be back down there i'd imagine they're going early to avoid some heat but i don't think they're going to be able to avoid too much 10 50 so 10 50 in the morning tomorrow they'll be out there doing their thing uh got a loaded loaded show for you today we're going to talk a little bit about this whole nfl running back devalue uh situation since we've got uh, an all-time great sitting here with us with Jay Stu. He can talk to us about the running back perspective. We touched on it a little bit last week, but some things have gone down since last time we were on. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. A uh, little bit of thoughts around the NFC South. Um, get a chance to look and see what the other teams have been doing, see how we gauge up against them. And we had been off the air, uh, uh, episode two of season four, so we weren't on when the Ring of Honor recipients were announced with uh, Moose and Moose Muhammad and Julius Pepper. So uh, we'll get our thoughts on that, of course, too. Played with both of them. Um, before we get into anything else, though, uh, I was reminded I did not read the bet online copy from last week. So for uh, <laughs> Bet Online, I know, man, I'm slipping. Bet Online's your number one source for all your betting needs. Get your latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the, fa- uh, the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available for play right from your phone. Head to your website or head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And where we start is where we kind of left off last week. Uh, We were kind of crunched for time. We got a little bit more space to to talk about it today. And it's this uh, whole NFL uh, running back situation, and of course, I'm gonna let my man Stu uh, lead off this discussion because it actually was your tell them while I'm mad from last week, and I, I agreed with you. And uh, leading the pack, Saquon Barkley uh, was kind of threatening to hold out 
uh, from the Giants at that point last week. Uh, he he had a, I think a franchise tag of like ten million, and then lo and behold, this morning I wake up, turn on, uh, get up, and Saquon Barkley has signed a deal, a one year deal. Uh, I wasn't even aware you could do this with a franchise tag, but apparently it's a a rule that's tucked in there that's rarely used that they can sign a one year deal after the deadline's passed. Uh, the deal I believe is for like eleven million. Um, so a little bit more than what the franchise tag was. Stu, walk us through this. Like, what do you think was going through Saquon's mind uh, to sign? He was there at 8 o'clock this morning at, at Giants training camp first day. So what do you think happened between last week when we were on and, and today? Um, knowing Saquon, man, he, he's, a, he's a team guy. And so, like, I just don't understand why his team can't see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Clearly, he is the biggest asset that you have on your team. But here you are not trying to pay him. So him signing today really just sets the tone for the team. They're saying, look, guys, I'm not going to be the reason why we're not in the playoffs next year. You know, this training camp stuff, man, that you you bond with guys. There's a lot of chemistry building during those sessions. Um. And, and, and just grind, just going through the grind together, a lot of chemistry building. And so, I mean, you know, I see it as him just, you know, doing this for the team and him just showing the fact that, hey, it's in God's hands at this point. Yeah, it did feel like it was kind of a, a win win, I guess, for both sides. Um, somebody put up a post. I need to really check this out because, you know, people would be throwing up memes and sometimes they aren't true <laughs> yeah because i mean at the end of the day like this is what like he's banking on himself like he always has yeah. like he always has you know what i'm saying so i'm gonna go out there and ball out and then all i'm gonna do is just stay healthy and so i want to go pay me or someone else is going to pay me yeah, yeah, and that's that. see and the giants again we said this last week the giants knew his day was coming they drafted him in the top 10 like they knew <laughs> this wasn't like a surprise. Like, oh no, we all of a sudden nobody told us we have to pay him 10, 12, 14 million dollars. So they're looking at the highest paid running backs in 2023. So for this upcoming season, right? So Christian McCaffrey, of course, number one, 16 million. We've all been on record to say that we felt like that's still a steal uh <laughs> for, for C Mac because he's kind of more than a running back. And uh he kind of proved that uh with his time here and of course in uh San Francisco last year. Alva Kamara at 15, Derek Henry at 12.5. And then it starts to level out, really. Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Saquon now. Um, and that might be the tag number. I don't know if they've updated that from today. So that's what he signed for. I mean, that was the tag. Okay. I, believe. I think he signed for 11, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think he got a signing bonus or something uh, today. Uh, and that pushed it to, to the 11. And then, of course, Josh Jacobs, who's also, I assume, still out. He's, he's He was the other running back that was kind of uh, – tentative the tags on them they didn't get a long-term deal put together uh who is james from arizona (laughs) 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 who's james James probably that's that's kind of disrespectful james connor james connor james connor's making something that's kind of disrespectful yahoo you just left my man's whole last name off like we don't even (laughs) even know it and then look at who's there at number 10 Really, the last running back that signed uh, here in this offseason. Our very own Miles Sanders from the Panthers, 6.4 million. 
I know there's a lot of people out there like, got we got a deal, but look at the depressed market. Like, Skyler, what are your thoughts on this? Like, reporting on this, like, we're seeing wide receivers getting 24, 25 million plus uh, a season right now, like the top five or six. Why do you think there's such a huge discrepancy in these positions? I mean, we're in an analytics-based world now, right? And that's what GMs are all about. They're all about the numbers and all about the data. And when they look at these 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 numbers, they're going to look at how long can a player stay in the league. If we're just going based off of the analytics, they're going to tell you that running back position is one of the sh- most short-lived positions in the NFL. That's just the way the numbers speak. But what those numbers don't account for is a guy like Christian McCaffrey or a guy like Alvin Kamara or Derrick Henry. Those guys are completely different from the other 95% of running backs to ever make it to the NFL. So I don't understand why there's such a a discussion when it comes to whether or not these guys should get paid. I mean, they are literally the lifeblood of their team. If you take Derrick Henry off the Titans, I'm sorry, but they're 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 a rebuild team to the fullest. Like Bar- there's no Bar- way that they're you take Christian McCaffrey off the Niners, like they still got a lot of pieces, but he's that piece that is, could be what takes them over the top. Okay. And you could say probably the same thing about Alvin Kamara in, in New Orleans. You take him off the Saints, I mean, that's a whole different situation with that offense. So I, I think, and, and even when Christian was here, I mean, you saw the the, the year he had a thousand and a thousand. I mean, that's only been done three times. So, I mean, it's – in my mind, it's ridiculous. If your best player is a running back, you pay him like he's your best player. I don't care what position he plays. But for, we've got kickers out here, and, and no disrespect to some of the best kickers out there, like Justin Tucker and so on and so forth. These guys are only in the game maybe five, six times the entire day. Don't get touched. And meanwhile, these yeah. running backs are getting all these – this is and and exactly. 30 carries and taking all these hits, yeah, they're getting paid less. This is what it really comes down to. The NFL, the game of football, it's a physical, unpredictable sport because of the ball carrier. If you are running the ball, that's the only time that the game is unpredictable. And that's the only time in the game that things get really exciting. Running like the passing game, we know that's all about scoring points, but it's predictable. Like without the running back position, this game is just watching guys play catch. Okay. And so I don't know what I don't want to see that. What yeah. People <laughs> are don't seem they're not seeing the value. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost all it's almost saying like if you really ball out for two years. You're worn down, but because you balled out for two years, that's what makes you a really good running back. So, which one is it? It's the chicken and the egg type thing, you know, like which came first? Because it's like earlier today, I was trying to figure out the last running back that like held out and it worked. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it worked out in the running back's favor, and I landed on Emmett Smith, like '92. You remember that? Like they had just won a Super Bowl. Uh, he wanted more money. Jerry said no. 
he sat out like the, the whole preseason and like the first two weeks of the regular season. The Cowboys lost both of those games by Monday. Emmett was signed. Emmett <laughs> <laughs> was in the building and they rattled off like 11 straight or something and went on and, and repeated. But that was that was 92. That was over 20 years ago. Well, 30 years ago. Like, I mean, and even then you're talking about Emmett was probably talking about. I need to go look at the numbers, but it wouldn't in 1992. I mean, it probably was what, like 14, 15 million, like for a couple of years or something. Like it would have been some kind of really crazy number, but it's about Emmitt Smith. That's the all time leading rusher in NFL history, <laughs> you know, and he had to fight for his. So it's like, I, I think honestly, I blame the media. I blame the media for some of this because I feel like the media has diminished that role more than anybody else in terms of, and Skylar, I know you're in the media. I'm not talking about you, <laughs> but like the, in general, like I think, we, how many times have we heard, and Stu, you mentioned this last week, where it's like uh, the fan base, they're like preconditioned to be like, oh, we can just go get a running back in the mid-rounds, the fourth round, fifth round, throw them in there. And that ain't it's realistic. fun. It's not Somewhere. realistic. It's not realistic. Like, oh, and two, with the whole, like, this running back's got X amount of miles on them and stuff, and if that's the one reason why you're being so hesitant, well, isn't that an organizational thing? Like, if he's got too much mileage on him and you're the one that put the mileage on him, that sounds like a you problem, not a him problem. Or he's figure out a way the, the, to, the, or figure out a way to protect the running back. Let's do that. Plus, it sounds like just from what you said, it sounds like you owe that dude money because he's been taking hits <laughs> for the past two years. So it's like yeah. it goes both ways. Yeah. I'm just like Saquon Barkley. You take Saquon Barkley off the Giants. Do you think hey, the Giants just, win five games? No. Hey. See, they got, a good, they got they got a defense, but they got to score points. Daniel Jones plays well when Saquon is in. He does not play well when Saquon is out. And Daniel yeah, Jones just got a bag. So yeah, he just got a bag. <laughs> what and are we Saquon, doing? Saquon got that bag. I was like, man, you really... <laughs> what? Give me what about me? <laughs> <laughs> what about me? Um, so like it's it's crazy to me how it is, and I think it's because we've seen like um like last year with the Chiefs, right? So uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is their main running back, right? He was drafted, I think, like, first round, second round. Uh, he got most of their carries past couple of years. He goes down, I think, injured, and you get this Isaiah Pacheco guy that comes in, mm. late round a, pick. Who was a straight dog. Just yeah, exactly. killing him. Killing him in the playoffs. Like, he, he, had that, he had that hunger burst. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, I got to get it. Yeah. So you see that, and you're like, oh, well, hell, they got Pacheco in the sixth round or whatever. Why are you going to spend the money on that? To me, I'm looking at like, well, what does it matter if you got him in the sixth round? If he's going to be good for the next two, three years, you still got to pay him. <laughs> you still got to pay oh, him in the end. So, what does it matter? You know what my answer to that is? Well, you got Brock Purdy in the sixth or the seventh round. Are you going to cheat him? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be all like, well, you know, we can no, just that's, not gonna that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's going to be a success story like no other. Like, yeah. On, he about to be the, the, the Kurt Warner of 2023. Like, just he's going to rewrite everything. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, with that, I don't know. I, all the running backs kind of got together and spoke on a Zoom or something a couple days ago. That's why I was kind of surprised Saquon signed it. But to Stu's point, it was probably Saquon's decision. Like, I want to be there with my guys. Not so much for the front office, but the dudes in the trenches with him. Like, he wanted them to see him there day one, regardless of what's going on with his contract. He's still getting his money, but the fact that these running backs – aren't getting the same as the wide receivers when the wide receivers might touch the ball six, seven, eight times a game. If you're like the number one dude that's getting targeted and like in a contest, they're, they're hardly touching the ball at all. They're out on the Island. The running back is getting the main, the lead back. He's probably getting 20 carries a game. So, I mean, what are we doing? Like, 
are they are they scared of do you think McCaffrey broke the system? Because that was the last big one, and that was 2020. You I think, think it was starting to be a little ready. What? I didn't hear you. <laughs> What'd you say, Skylar? <laughs> Did he freeze? Oh I no. Said, I think oh, there he is. Before. See, I missed it again. <laughs> what did he say? He said that he said that I think it was broken before him. Okay, thank you. I could hear you're you're freezing on my side. Um, who was before Kamara? Kamara signed right before him, I believe. Um, yeah, because I was 15 and then McCaffrey was 16. But again, we've been saying, look, McCaffrey's still cheap to me. Like, if you look at it like you're using him as much as a wide receiver as a running back, and the wide receivers are making 25 million. Christian McCaffrey went through the 49ers last year and made them instantly a playoff team. Yes. Without question. And like, didn't Debo just go through this? Debo Samuel? Because I didn't see his name on that top 10 list. Did he sign? I don't know. I'll have to check. I think that they got him as a receiver, right? He might have been pitching for it because he saw the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, he might have yeah. been saying some. I think I remember something like that where he was like, you need to sign me as if I'm a wide receiver, even though you're yeah. splitting me, you know, with both. Uh, but then again, we are talking about some of the best running backs in the league. We're talking about like the top level, not like the the mid level guy or the, the guy at the very, very bottom. But I, I had seen like Skylar had said a meme where it was saying that uh, the average salary for a kicker is more than the average salary for a running back right now in the NFL. So that's that's crazy. Y'all gonna make all these kids not want to play running back. That's what's really gonna happen. They're not gonna want to play running back anymore. Yeah, I mean. I, I grew yeah. up in the in the era of like Jerome Bettis and yes, um, uh, know, Barry T. Sanders and Emmett Smith and you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than I think both oh, of you, but those guys were a different animal. I think the expectation for the position was much different too, and I think we kind of saw that turn when the offensive game started to really turn to more of a passing style, to where the running back had to kind of be a weapon out of the backfield. So now with guys being asked to do more, I think the the analytics again, they're showing that they may be running more miles per year or they may be putting more, you know, hits on their body or whatever. But again, it comes down to how you manage your player too. And a lot of that falls on management, the head coach, office coordinator, and how like Stu said, how you protect them. Another thing I've noticed too in terms of the way the NFL markets teams, like when I was a kid growing up, they market triplets. Like if a team had a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a running back, that's what you saw in the commercial. Like Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin take on Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and yada, 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 49ers, Cowboy. Like that was the marketing. Now it's like if that quarterback has two wide receivers, it's that. Yeah, It'll be Pat Mahomes plus this and that guy, you know? So it's shifted. It's shifted a bit. Um, let me move on to uh, a new segment that we're bringing out this season. Season four uh, on Believe, uh, we might be the long one of the longest running podcasts they've had. I think I was with them from the very beginning. Um, not many of them have been on for four seasons, so we're very grateful for that. But uh, we're starting a Did You Know segment about the Panthers. Um, Stu had brought this to us. I uh, thought it was a great idea. So I'm going to let Stu go first because I'm not prepared for this segment. So, Stu, <laughs> did you know uh, lesson number yeah. one? Uh, lesson you know, number one. one. Yeah. Everyone pay attention. Grab some notes. Uh, we have a segment called uh, Did You Know? Okay. Did you know 
that including the playoffs, the Panthers have an overall record of 209 wins and 223 losses. What? One tie. One tie. Who can name so, the tie? Who can name the tie, Skyler? Oh. It wasn't even that long ago. It wasn't. Um, was it like 2017? Nah. Think about it. Playoff team. <laughs> well, it was a playoff team. With a New tie. Orleans? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. I, know, I remember when it happened now. Okay. Think about our records the past eight years or so. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, NFC team. Yep. No. Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't, I don't know. Could it? Maybe. Somebody, it popped. Team. Somebody oh. popped it in the uh, – in the uh, the thing, I used to have a prices right, and I don't have it anymore. <laughs> but maybe, whoa, whoa, whoa. um, um, <laughs> look at the look at the comments, Brett's in the comments, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> look at the comments. I don't even know you look at the thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, y'all. It's yeah, a <laughs> it's uh, oh, the Bengals. Yeah, it, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Matt knows nothing, but he knows the last time the Panthers tied, and it was uh, yeah. Cincinnati 2014, <laughs> um, the 7 8 1 season. So, yeah, 2037 uh, 37. Yep, nope, yeah. couldn't stop anybody. Everybody yeah, was just scoring was all day. <laughs> a very odd game, uh, to watch. I actually didn't play in that game, but um, it was a very empty feeling. I guess you can say, <laughs> but like not really, not really sure. Like, dang, is this good or is it bad? I was like, I was just about to ask you that because I hear that all the time from people that never played sports. Really, they're like, I'd rather tie than than to lose. Like, I remember, blah, blah, I remember like, hearing like JJ Jansen and like Luke, like kind of like explaining what a tie is going to do, you know, towards the end of the season if we're if we rally and, and you know make a run for something. And how that would actually play into it. And yeah. So it actually benefited us that year um, in a lot of ways. Yep. I've always been against the tie. Like, I just, to me, you play the game, someone's got to win. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. Tie just kind of leaves you just like, we just wasted three hours doing it. We still yeah. don't know. Like, where do I? Can I do good? And now for the rest of the season, we're going to be looking at the standings like, I don't even know what this means. Like, Okay, we got a tie, but does that is that good? It's it's better than yeah. bad, <laughs> but it's not good. So, yeah. So Cincinnati, Carolina, back in 2014. Um, thoughts so on good the job, yeah, yeah, they good did, job. yeah, they did really, really good. It didn't take too long for them to pop that up in there. Um, yeah. give me some thoughts, you guys, on the NFC South outside of Carolina before we really dip into training camp starting tomorrow. It who's the one team that you feel like is a third? Because I think the three of us feel like. Well, I know me and Stu feel like we're going to win the division. I, don't, I haven't really specifically asked Skyler yet. Yeah, you uh, know Skyler's like the dang Grim Reaper. We're going we to get him there. If he ain't there, we'll get him there. But we feel pretty confident the Panthers have this division in hand. What team out of the other three are you looking at as the biggest threat to Carolina winning the NFC South? I mean, if you're just looking at it on paper, it's New Orleans without a doubt. 
but I started to talk about this the other day, and I and I'm not saying that they're a threat. I because honestly, I think they're going to have a crap season. But this is just me speaking out loud here. If you look at the defense that they have and the playmakers that they have on offense, if they can just get average play, which is asking a lot from who they have at the position. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be a little better than everybody thinks they're going to be. And I know we saw Baker last year up front. I saw, I know we saw him last year in LA and he looked a lot better in LA than he did in Carolina. And he's going to have the best pieces around him that he's probably ever had in his entire career at receiver with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the running backs that they have. I mean, that's that's a team that I think could probably, if they get hot early, it could snowball into something. But I'm not willing to bet my money on it. I would probably say New Orleans is the team to beat. Stu? I'm right there with you. New Orleans um, got Carr back there slinging it, so – I just hope we know J.C. Horn, you know, comes back healthy with the same energy as last year because, I mean, he got disrespected on Madden ratings. But Oh, gosh. Yeah. Man, look, <laughs> the whole team really, like. To me, to me, I think J.C. Horn, like, we're going to be naming him possibly a contender for defensive player of the year next year. Look up, uh. Bryce Young's Madden ratings real quick because I was like, what in the hell is going on with this? Like, it don't even oh, – like, Bradley Bradley Bradley. Happen. <laughs> like, what they did. Um, He got a – well, he got a 74 overall, but I'm looking through some eh, – okay, we'll get to it in just a second. Um, For me, I was going to say the Saints, then I saw a stat. The Saints are the oldest team in the division. Like by average, like their average age is like 28 or something like that. That's for a whole, like a whole NFL roster. It's kind of old uh, compared to like, say the Panthers, who I think they might be the second youngest team in the league. Um, so some father times undefeated. So I feel like <laughs> <laughs> some of these guys on the same defense, uh, what's the dude, um, you know, Can't yeah, Cam Jordan. Yeah, Cam Jordan. Some of those dudes, uh, they're eventually going to slow down. We already started seeing um, injuries from uh, Kamara. Uh, Thomas. Wide receiver can't stay on the field. Michael Thomas passed two Michael years. Thomas. Yeah, so, I mean, they've had those glitches. And then I'm still not sure about Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen has a losing record as a head coach, like, overall. Like, he, hadn't, he hasn't had a winning season, <laughs> I don't think, as a head coach. So, that says a lot to me. Um, I mean, Can't you can even make the case for Atlanta, and and if Desmond Ritter is decent, I mean, they, they have arguably one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL. Really good NFL or offensive line. They have some weapons, so it's like if Bijan Robinson is what he was at the college level in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, top 10 running back pick where the team is going to be all like, we don't know what you're talking about in like four years. Like, you know, I just hope that the Carolina Panthers go into this season with the understanding that they're actually probably the best defense going. They're definitely the best defense going into NFC South. Yeah. So So, I want to see uh, Evero like that's the energy that we need. Yeah. Um, I, 
I would say Atlanta, Atlanta and Tampa, Tampa just have too big of an issue at, at quarterback. Um, did you guys get a chance to watch the quarterback miniseries that was on Netflix? That Peyton Manning was two more left. Got two more left. Um, all I'll say is I have a newfound respect for Kirk Cousins after watching it. Like, yeah. I think we've kind of used him as a joke here and there and stuff. But to be honest, the dude just plays ball. <laughs> he just balls out. And I, I, I've completely forgot how good Minnesota was last year, uh, you know, until I started watching. I'm like, dang, I completely forgot that they were like. I, I had a really much cool team. You did. You did. And I think at the whole time I was like, oh, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but like in the end, watching some of that, that series and seeing him behind the scenes and basically watching him deal with, you know, being a quarterback. Yeah, I actually think that's going to help him, man. Like, I was watching that, and a guy like him, hearing all the critics and then seeing that show, I'm just kind of, like, thinking to myself, man, he bared a lot of joking. He bared a lot of criticism, and this is what his day-to-day life is like, and this is how he is. So, like, for him, he's probably looking at this show like, huh, Finally, guys get to actually see what it's like to be me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, like I'm just out here really trying my hardest. <laughs> yep. and he, he's a awesome guy. You know? Yeah, at least now that's out of it. If that was ever a thing that could be in his brain or in his mind, that's out of there now. Yeah. But, you know, they're saying Cousins on the hot seat, you know, like going into this season or whatever. And after watching this, I'm like, is he? Because, <laughs> like, after what I just saw, that's the that's kind of the prototypical yeah. quarterback I want. I want that guy, the guy that's going to get you the ball when you need it. He's pretty yeah, even killed. You know, at this point, if you get rid of him, whoever getting rid of him, we gotta we gotta look at you like, hey, something yeah. wrong with you. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> let Dalvin go now. You let him go too. Like, I'm he's surprised. Let him go. So yeah, so uh, we'll let Skyler catch up on those. But it was great. It's it's if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Peyton Manning's production company uh, produced it. Um, it really felt like hard knocks, but just focusing on the quarterbacks, which was awesome. Like if you look at that bread, yeah. If you look at his cuts, he's like one of the most efficient quarterbacks, like almost ever. Yeah, yeah. It's he really is. Like he's the Chris Paul of the NFL. He is that good. Never had a ring. That is a good comparison. That is a very good comparison. And I was going to also say I have a newfound respect for Pat Mahomes' wife because the media again kind of painted her as being this like annoying like tag along type person. I didn't catch that at all. Watching this mini series when you really get to watch them behind the scenes or whatever. So like that kind of stuff. Uh, and I brought all this up because of Marcus Mariota uh, being on there. Is he still with the Falcons or is he a free agent or what's his deal? Like Philly, Philly. Okay. So he's, so we ain't gonna worry about him in the NFC South. Cause I forgot he was the quarterback for the Falcons last year. We had so much going on with us that, it made me kind of forget <laughs> some of the stuff that happened around us in the neighborhood. Our house was on fire. Everybody else was kind of watching it <laughs> like from the neighborhood. But they had stuff going on in their house, too. So the NFC South is going to be wild. I, I saw uh, somebody's predictions like I, I mentioned on Twitter for uh, records. And I think they had one division. I think the AFC North where every team had won 10 games or something. In it. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to happen. But they just completely poo-pooed the nfc south like just like i think the winner was nine and eight and like i mean you know what i mean like it just we were all like grouped together and uh they had the panthers at seven and uh ten and i'm sitting there looking at it like this with my arms crossed like you know we went seven and ten last year right like when we tried to mess up everything like we went <laughs> you know we tried we traded off our best players we fired a coach mid-season like 
<laughs> we didn't throw the ball a couple games. <laughs> like we just we were trying and we were seven and ten then. We revamped the coaching staff. We like, we redo the offense and we only gonna win seven games in this division. Like it just showed me we really didn't throw the ball a couple games. <laughs> we didn't throw the ball a couple games. Like seriously, yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we messed. I'm gonna tell you why we messed. It blows <laughs> my mind. It blows my mind how people are like, "Oh, Panthers seven wins. We'll get six, maybe six, maybe seven. We did that last year. <laughs> we did that last year, and we're better. We're a better roster, a better coaching staff. I just don't see anybody can look at this coaching staff by itself and be like, "Oh, that team. They're only gonna win six games." Like, since, since I got to be believe pays me to be the the realist here. <laughs> here we go. Shut up. Here we here. go. Oh Lord. Here. Here. <laughs> but I like. I I think this team wins more than seven games. I got around ten or eleven. I mean, right. I'm sure at some point we'll do our season prediction. But let's just think about it like this from from the outsider's perspective. First year head coach. A lot of new pieces on offense and a rookie quarterback starting from day one. I don't care how good Bryce Young is going to end up being. He's going to hit a little bit of a wall at some point this season. It happens to every quarterback. True, true. So how how much does it take or how long does it take for that's Bryce? That's why we have a great defense, and that's why our schedule is set up for success. And a run game. We back to back to back. What you just said, if they can navigate that first month of the season, and keep their head above water, they're gonna they're gonna have a shot to make a run. But if they don't, if they come out of that thing kind of like gasping for air, then it, yeah. it could be a little trouble. Do you think? Uh, who do you think starts? You think it's gonna be Bryce Week One? Oh, yeah. yeah, I think we're oh. crossing that bridge. Okay. Because another thing too, another thing too, looking at our quarterback situation, we probably have the best backup quarterback in the division too, in Andy Dalton, right? Like looking at the He's other seen. situations, <laughs> he he. If you think about it, our be- like Andy Dalton could start at any of the other three plays. Well, probably the Atlanta and Tampa Bay. He wouldn't start in New Orleans, but over Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, man, they just whatever personal feelings you got about Derek, Derek Carr, we could talk about that later. <laughs> no, I just Derek Carr's has never really done it for me. Like, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't won a playoff game. Hasn't Andy Dalton won a playoff game? Didn't he win a game in Cincinnati? Oh yeah, he's one of handful. See, so he's got the experience, the red rifle, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I might. Is that what you call the red rifle? Yeah, man, that's a dope name. <laughs> that's his name, man. Andy Dalton, the red rifle, out there red throwing. Rifle. He was throwing. He was the one throwing the uh, Chad Ochocinco and um. TJ Hoosmanzada. Yeah, Hoosmanzada. TJ Hoosmanzada. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh we'll see. We'll we'll get deeper into the NFC South when we get closer to uh to the regular season. I did want to touch on before we got out of here, the Ring of Honor, or what's the official name for? I keep calling it the Ring of Honor. Is it the Hall of Honor? Ring of uh, Honor? Right. Ring of something. Whatever the Panthers thing is, the <laughs> that <laughs> moose and pep got into it uh this past season uh, or this past off season and uh i wanted to bring it to everyone in terms of who should be next i'm gonna go first i'm gonna nominate my guy jay stew jay stew should be uh-huh. in your ring you're the all-time leading rusher in panthers history matter of fact i was gonna pull this up because i want to see how far away like who's gonna catch that is anybody gonna catch that uh all anytime soon because uh with with uh Chris. C-Mac and, yeah, with C-Mac gone, C-Mac, I'm trying C-Mac to figure out who can uh, 
<laughs> Let's see who. Uh, so Stu is sitting at 7,318 rushing yards. Um, I got it right here. Let's see here. Um, what did D'Angelo finish with? He's currently second. So um, here I'm about to try to pull it up. Technology. There we go. Uh, so Stu is sitting at number one, 7,318. Uh, D'Angelo's at 6,846. Cam Newton is third, 4,806. That's incredible. Uh, for a quarterback, to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Uh, Cam then you start Newton's um, in the fame. There's a problem with the yeah. Hall of Fame. I mean, wow, that's crazy. Like, Cam Newton needs to be on that ring, but of course, he hasn't officially retired yet. I think that's why they haven't really. That's why there's no pictures of him in the building or anything like that. He's still an active NFL player. Um, then you just start getting into these other guys. C Mac was C Mac was still far away, actually. Uh, he was probably about well, at a thousand yard clip. He plays about four, five years away. So he even he was still kind of far away. Um, there's no active Panther on this list. Biaka Budica. <laughs> If you can't say it, but say it. Just Biaka, say Tim. Biaka Batuka. Biaka Batuka. Just say Biaka. Tim. Yo, yo, Tim Biaka Batuka was nasty. Like he yeah. when he played, that dude was a menace. He was a problem. Uh he oh, had yeah. all the juke moves you needed. He had power. He just, he just couldn't stay on the field. Um that's early Panthers, like early, early, uh, beginning pan- him, Kerry Collins. Oh, <laughs> Nick Goings, man. Nick Goings was a a lifesaver for me. Utility guy. Dude. Man, he taught me that playbook so good. Him <laughs> <laughs> and Hoove, man. I'd be in the meetings, dozing off. Brad <laughs> Skip, Skip be like, hey, Stu, who you got on this pass pro? <laughs> And I'll just hear who say, Will, you got the will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, oh, I got the will. <laughs> All right, stay away. Good job. Good job, Stu. <laughs> but no, I, I want to nominate. I, we're going to officially start the campaign today, believing Carolina Panthers, to get our man, Jonathan Stewart, Jay Stu, in this ring. Like, there's no reason for this to not occur. Like, nah, man, whatever happens, man, that's – I, it's just an honor in general just to be able to play with these two guys, man. Um, Moose Muhammad, like the way he, they, both of them, if you look at it, like they were just so different in the way they carried themselves in the locker room on game day. I mean, I remember Moose used to come to practices dressed up in suits and basically because he was, you know, playing football and doing business on the side, like balancing those two things while putting up these types of numbers in the NFL is crazy, man. Um, you know, you see a lot of guys move that way at this level where they're playing ball, they're getting into business. But back in the day, they didn't have the cell phone activity that we have <laughs> to make things happen so quick, you know, in that world. Um, but yeah, man, Moose, the way he blocked, man, he just took everything mm. right, man. Like Him coming off the ball with his two hands up, just like ready to just grab someone. Um, you know, him and Smitty played like that. And then you got Pep, man, like 
a, a once in a lifetime talent, like just gifted, but just also smart. Um, so smart in how he played, um, just understood the game, uh, quiet, but you know, and and just all about business. Um, I just love the way they all they both you know approached the game. Um, and my rookie year, that was definitely something that I noticed. And you know, congrats. Well deserved for both guys. I'm glad. Uh, for Moose, I think the year because he, I mean, he had been there a couple years already, but the year I really noticed him and started looking at him as like a, a, a to go to guy was the year uh, 2007. Um, Smitty got hurt week one against Green Bay. It was a Monday night football game. It was right after uh, Smith had won the Triple Crown in 06. Uh, led the league in receptions, touchdowns, and yards uh, and terrorized the Bears in that playoff game uh, by himself. Um, that was the year where we just basically ran out of running backs uh, getting to the, the NFC Championship game in uh, Seattle, the Seahawks. We lost to uh, a Seattle team that went on to the Super Bowl. Um, the next year, everybody was kind of picking Carolina you know, from what they did the year before, Smitty breaks his leg in that Green Bay game. And I, I remember the Panthers went on like a seven-game losing streak or something nuts, like early in the year. So they dug a huge hole. They're like one and seven or something like that. And then Jake Delome and Moose Muhammad and a, a cast of others just kind of – they started plucking away, winning these games. And it got to the point towards the end of the season where they were right there in playoff contention. Like if they had won and a couple things had happened, they would have slid in. And I, I promise you, nobody wanted to see them. Like, they were one of those teams where it was like, nah, we don't want to see them because we we don't know exactly what they're going to do, <laughs> but they know what they're going to do. And it's like, I don't want to see that in December. They can run the ball. The wide receivers are tough. And that was when I really recognized Moose for what he was. I hated it when he left uh, <clears throat> to go to Chicago. Same thing with Pep. Uh, you know, Pep left <laughs> to go to Chicago and then ultimately Green Bay and then came back home. And uh with Pep, man, I, everybody, I'm a Tar Heel fan, so I saw him in college uh, playing basketball. You know, for the Tar, he was in the Final Four with Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson, and, and these boys. He's playing as a walk-on on a Final Four Carolina basketball team, and he's over here doing all this crazy stuff on the football field. And he might be one of the most freakish athletes that I can think of. Like, he's not Bo Jackson level, but he's like. He's somewhere. He's somewhere in that vicinity. He like, might be Bo Jackson level. Did you, have you ever seen him he, do something where you're just like, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, you know how things like just look a little bit slower? Mm -hmm. Like, because he's so large. Like, that's what it might look like from afar, but he's actually moving very, very fast. <laughs> and very elusive. <laughs> like it was a night, it's a nightmare trying to, you know, being a running back. Oh man, I gotta chip this guy on the edge. Oh, good luck, man. Like, I remember when we played them in, when Green Bay came here. Like, I was just like, man, I hope Pep realizes who he who's in the backfield. <laughs> Maybe show me some love, you know, a couple of plays and not try to like, you know, punish me. I ain't really trying to punish him. No, no. <laughs> Jordan Gross on the radio talking about this, how he had to go against Pep every day in practice. <laughs> oh man, it's, like it's man, terrifying, especially when he that our visor. Yeah, you can't see his face. You don't know where he's going. He, he said he had like some kind of move where like he it was some kind of spin or something that yeah. like would just leave you like like this, <laughs> and next thing you know, Pep's two steps behind you, and you're like, dude, yeah. you. 
first ballot, man. He got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like we were talking about that uh, oh, the other day. Like this was, this is just the beginning, man, of, yeah. of celebrating him of getting his flowers. I think he's fourth uh, overall in sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Like in the like history, like of the NFL. Like think about that for a minute. He's up there with Reggie White and Bruce Smith, and you know what I mean. Like <laughs> that's a that's a list. When you get a guy that a defensive coordinator has to plan for, or offensive coordinator has to plan for um, in the sense of, hey, we need at least three guys on this guy <laughs> throughout the series of the play. And all at once, we just need levels. because It turns. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they, yo, I, I'm happy for them. Like I said, I do want to. Start the, the petition. Is there anybody else out there you feel like needs to be on there that's not? Because I need to actually you know what I need to go see who's actually on this. Uh, I'm calling it right. The Panthers ring of yeah, Panthers ring of all of Steve Smith, um, Sam Mills, Jordan Gross. Gross. Uh, let's see. Eventually, yeah, Luke's going to get in there probably. Actually, I was surprised he wasn't in this batch. To be honest. Uh, is that yeah. wait? Is this it? Jake Delhomme, Jordan Gross, Mike McCormick, Sam Mills, Steve Smith, Wesley Walls, and yeah, that's it. And the ones that just went in. I don't know if the Panthers do it the same way as the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but if they do, it would be five years, I think, after they retire is when they would become eligible. So if they do it that way, Luke's not even eligible yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, they did. In 2019, they put in Smitty, Jake DeLone, Jordan Gross, and Wesley Wall. So they did that in 2019. Then COVID 2020. And is this the this is the first time they put somebody? Yeah, it's the first time they put somebody in the hall since 2019. So I don't know what that is, if there's some sort of uh well, they hadn't put anybody in since 98 before that. Sam Mills went in then. Uh that's hmm. I don't know the rhyme or reason to how they do this. Uh it's not an annual thing. We got to think too. There was ownership change there for yeah a little bit. Huh. So, so yeah, that's what that's, that's more active about it, which is it's cool, man. Because I think it's like guys get their roses. You know what I'm saying? I think that's important. Um, you know, just like you know, guys should be getting their contracts. <laughs> <laughs> See how that came full circle? <laughs> See how we did that? Yeah, don't forget. I pay them boys, pay them, pay them. Stu, Cam, uh, Luke, Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis sitting in this thing. Oh yeah, Thomas, Thomas Davis needs to be in this thing. Um, Khalil, Ryan Khalil. Uh, fuck, I'm missing somebody. But that would be the first ones I would think of. Need to go in next. Casey's in the comments. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm over my my anger with John Casey. It's 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 <laughs> long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I've, we need you to. I look at it in a different light now. It's it's not emotional or something. All right. <laughs> this, this might be just a, a long shot. Take care of your, care of your mental. What about JJ Jansen when he's re- when he's retired. JJ Jansen. There's not another player that's played more games. Huh. And yeah. never come anywhere close to JJ Jansen's record. How many games has he played? How many years has he been with us? Oh, until 20, his 22nd year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not his 22nd year. 
but I'm saying he can go and do this for his. Oh, it's <laughs> like wow! <laughs> he was he was like the fifteenth uh, <laughs> season. Oh man, was he on yeah. the O three Super Bowl team? Sixteen. It'd be close. He, so he came in like 05 or something like that. He came in the same year I did. Oh eight. Oh, so yeah. I mean, right? I thought I thought Casey had the record for most games or whatever, but um, yeah. Let's see that. You know, I'd give a I'd give a shout out to Ron Rivera. I'd put Hall. I'd put Ron Rivera in the hall. He's the only coach in Panthers history just won three division titles. Uh, you know, like he took him to a Super Bowl. He was he was league coach of the year, if I'm not mistaken, when he was here. Yeah, whenever he retires, that, that's that's got to be an instant, automatic. Yeah. Situation. You think? Hmm, that's a loaded question. Is he the best coach to date in Panthers history? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No oh, maybe wasn't loaded. Him and John Fox are. I'm kind of like, but like, listen, Fox never won the three division titles, and Rivera did. Rivera had a league MVP. Uh a defensive player of the year under his watch. He was coach of the year. I don't think John Fox ever won coach of the year. Um, I don't think so. So, yeah, that's Rivera. You ain't got to prove it to me. Uh, <laughs> it's Riverboat Ron. And uh, Fox was a great coach. It's just, yeah, that's what Ron, Ron came in and, and and really, you know, made the Panthers, like, recognizable. I mean, he did. He did. He kind of made that Cam. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. but to be able to like manage that and, and get us in that position, um, you know, playoffs is hard to get in. I don't care what nobody said. Yeah, yeah. And look at we, some of the holes that he dug out of, like to get them, you know, you guys in the playoffs. There was some of those seasons where it wasn't looking good uh <laughs> in November. And I that was the one thing I remember about Ron Rivera here. For some reason, he got hot in December. Like you guys would start just winning, like. That you always knew with a Ron Rivera team, they weren't going to end on a low. They were going to be ascending. Wherever they started, they were going to be going up by the time they got to the end of the year. And then it was just a matter of, you know, how up did they get uh, as they went to whatever playoff situation they were going into. But um, Yeah, Ron had the formula, and he knew how to, you know, keep the formula around, which was pay the running backs and play defense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's big facts because the running backs got paid under ron rivera like both of them <laughs> both of them they both got paid so that and that worked out they went to the super bowl they were a, a perennial favorite for the most part while rivera was here edward moore puts out he won three division titles an nfc title a super bowl appearance two-time coach of the year that's right he won in uh 2012 or 2013 too i believe and 2015 um he earned it uh, yeah so he, he he's he the coach we go in that all-time rushing list Look at the guys that Rivera coached on that list. Ooh, hold on, let me go back here. That's, That's a. You know what? I didn't even think about that. That's a. Hmm. Here we go. Technology. Here we go. So Stu, D. Will, Cam, Caffrey. He's got four of the top five. Four of the top five. Damn. <laughs> I wonder what he was about. <laughs> He let man like to run the football. <laughs> I think. Oh, Stu, I think your mic is muted. Somehow, you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was saying a lot of good stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all I was saying was run the ball. Yeah, defense and pay the running backs. It's never going to get old. Run the football, stop the run. If you can do that, no matter the level of football, you're going to probably win more games than you lose. Like. 
And if you have a really good running back, you're going to be able to run the ball for more yards. So yep. control the clock. Jacobs, you have a Saquon Barkley. Don't take it for granted. You're paying them because they're great players. And you got to make sure that you protect them the best that you can, which is practice management, like wear and tear. All those types of things go into play management. So if you have a dog and you know you got a dog, pay him. Pay him. Because if you don't, somebody gonna, and it might as well be you. You're the one that found him. Like, you mean, don't don't let him go because you're scared to spend money. Like, scared money don't make money. Like, the teams that win in the NFL, look at Philly the past couple of years and what they've done. Like, they're just constantly reloading and putting people in place and just paying money for, like, prime talent. And it's paid off, you know, like they just won the Super Bowl last year. So, I mean, you got to spend. You got to spend to be considered one of those teams. You can't just kind of skimp along and put a six-round running back back there and expect them to get 1,500 yards. Like, it just – nah. <laughs> it just don't work that way. That's a good place to stop, though, uh, for the day. Um, training camp opens tomorrow. Uh, real quick, Skylar, you're actually in Spartanburg. You're not in Spartanburg, are you, uh, Stu? You're not down there? No. No. Okay, so Skylar, real quick before uh, we get out of here, what's the one thing you're going to be looking for tomorrow? Uh, like one main thing you're going to kind of keep your eye trained on when you're out on the the, the uh, hot fields of Wofford College? Uh, well, obviously, Bryce, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to the side because we all know that. Um, I'm probably going to say the cornerback depth. And I know that everyone's looking at the pass rush because obviously they need to probably add another body there too, but – you got to see what they got behind JC and, and Dante because right now it's it's a big question mark. I mean, CJ Henderson one minute can look like he is the first round pick that he was, and then the next minute he looks like a guy that, well, probably should be on a practice squad somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to measure your words. CJ <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Henderson, he's got he's the team. Jeez. No. He's got potential, but he's got to put it together. And maybe this is the defense that helps him do that and forms a, a nice three-headed monster there at corner. I don't know. Maybe not. But I think they need to figure out what that depth looks like at corner. Hey, Skyler, I got a question for you. If I were a fan going to training camp, mm-hmm. you go to these practices, training camps, basketball camps, games, how do how would a person go about it to really gain value out of going to a, a training camp? Do you like go and focus on one group for that day or like two groups or one guy or two guys so you can actually see everything that person's doing? Like, are you studying these guys? Like, what, what are you doing? That's a great question. So as if I were a fan, I would take it all in and take it all in. I, I guess if you're going throughout the whole week, probably you could break it up and look at each position each day. Since I'm there watching the whole team, I'm pretty much all over the place watching. So um, I'm watching everything, every little drill that's in, that we can see because some of the drills are on the clear other side of the field and I can't really see that far away. But um, if I'm a fan, I'm going and taking everything in day by day, looking at different groups, watching position groups. If I'm a kid growing up, say I'm like seven, eight-year-old, kid that wants to be an NFL player one day I'm getting as close as I can because there's certain spots on the field where you can get real up close to drills if you go to the back end of the field um, and you're going to be there this week 
go to the end where there is a white tent all the way to the, the left side where that's where I'll be standing, where the media is at. They'll have red zone drills there. They'll be doing some offensive line and defensive line stuff there. A lot of good stuff that you can hear. Also, that's the main important thing, I think, for if kids are wanting to go and pick things up. Now, be careful of the language, but <laughs> there there's a true value in not just watching it, but hearing the coaches and the, the players communicate what is going on throughout the drill. There's a lot that you can learn from that. Hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so if you're looking for where to go in Spartanburg and training camp and uh, trying to figure out the best place to go to absorb some stuff, Skylar just hit you right there. So uh, we'll get through a week of training camp and uh, be back with you next week, probably Tuesday. I think that's what we've kind of settled on right now for our preseason, probably on Tuesday. I uh, don't know if it'll be in the morning or in the evening. We'll give you an update on that. Um, just follow us at Believe, at Believe Networks. Uh, you can pound that like button over on the YouTube channel for uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We can catch the video of this each week. The audio uh, form of this is on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find that on all major podcast platforms. Uh, we are out of here, so we'll be back next week. We'll have some news for me from the first week of training camp down at Wofford, see how everybody's looking, and uh, kind of chop it up from there. Thanks to everybody that tuned in. Uh, spread the word. We're back. Uh, episode three will be next week. So for Jonathan Stewart and for Scott Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening and watching the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Networks. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.